Hey, Internet, and welcome to the inaugural episode of Two Champs and a Chump. My name's Jack Danger from Deadflip. I'm Zoe Vrabel, women's world champion from Portland, Oregon. I'm Bowen Karens, Papa and IFPA world champion from Salem, Massachusetts. Vrabel. Yeah. yeah. Zoe Vrabel. Um, who uh, actually... Mike, what, Mike Vrabel, the, the linebacker. <laughs> exactly. But only people from New England will care about that. <laughs> Vrabel. With a Y. Just kidding. Um, so, Zoe just won the 2016... Is it 2016? It is now 2016. Know. But is it called the 2016 Women's World Pinball Championship? Oh. Or was it last year? That's it's a good actually question. more like... More like being the president, because <laughs> you just get to be the world champion now, forever. You're just you, world even champion. Even if you don't win the next one, you're still good to be world champion. Okay, so yeah. I am the reigning women's world champion of pin of presidency. No, pinball. Pinball president, right. women's champion. Okay, I'm the president of pinball. That's cool. Yeah. I'm sure Josh and Zach won't have any issues with that. All-encompassing. We're shutting down all tournaments from now on so that you remain uh, the president of all things pinball. Cool. I mean, neither of them have neither of them have won world champion. So realistically, yeah, they shouldn't have a problem with that. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm in charge now. I hope you all are ready for your benevolent overlord. Heck yeah! Start start pointing fingers and making people do cool stuff. I already do that. That's kind of my jam. Oh, see, and that's why you're president. You made it. <laughs> all right. So uh, we are really recording this without any sort of uh, guidelines or any real ideas of what we're doing. So uh, I don't know, Bowen, what, what, do you, what do you think we should talk about today, bud? I want to find out what Zoe will decree as new president of Pinball. <laughs> yes. Oh, my 20-point my plan for a new IFPA? That should be a world championship thing. It's like you get to add a rule to like the pinball constitution, an amendment, if you will. Oh, my goodness. Like for, That's, for I'm, I'm drunk year. on the power. Yeah, for, like for the next year... You have to play all world championships with one right thumb in the middle of the lock bar, just resting there. <laughs> that would require huge hands. Exactly. I'm doing it. Well, yeah, or or one handed or use a knee. It's sort of like circle of death when you get that card where you get to make up a rule. Like you just got to abide or you're kicked out. Hmm. I like it. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So there's a couple of things we could chat about. Um, the Papa World Championships coming up, and uh, they have announced the lineup for all the divisions. Um, I'm definitely on the fence about going. I want to, um, but we'll see. The I, the the lineup for A looks very appealing. Uh, Zoe, I don't know if you're heading out to Papa this year. I do not have the money to travel very much, so I am unfortunately not going to be there. I've never gotten a chance to go. Oh, but I went to Pinburg a couple of years ago, but that was that was the is that when extent I of my travel. Is that when I met you? Was that Pinburg then? No, you came out to Portland for Rose City Showdown or oh. Cascadia Cup or something like that with Nick Campbell. Yeah. And that's where we met. And then I hung out with Nick and Dave Kiss at Pinburg, but you were not there. And they, we texted you a lot from the parking lot. Farts, the year I didn't go. They sent me a yeah. really awesome video of different uh, pinball celebrities trying to do their best Jack Danger impersonation. <laughs> and it, it was a, uh, it was very revealing and enlightening. <laughs> <laughs> what is the essence of the Jack Danger? It's just it looks sort of like uh, when Scarecrow falls off of his like roost for the first time in Wizard of Oz and starts walking around, um, and just well, <laughs> starts saying the, the most random stuff. <laughs> I also say brother and my man a whole lot. Good to know about yourself. Do you do you want to work on not doing that, or is that part of your je ne sais quoi? No, nah, I've embraced it. I've embraced it. Okay. I'm All right, and man. You have, to, you have to point your finger very, very close to the camera. <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, nerds. Just kidding. <laughs> I love you. Oh, I'm a nerd. <laughs> oh, that's all right. That's all right. Well, at least um, Zoe has uh, – so I think you played Game of Thrones a couple times while you were in Vegas. Yes, I did. Uh, is in the uh, qualifying. What uh, what did that feel like for you? Oh, I hope it is set up nicer than the one in Vegas. I think we saw a lot of 10 million to 7 million games on that Game of Thrones over the course of the state champs and oh, women's champs. It was very brutal. Um, 
I love Game of Thrones. We have a couple out here. I mean, I love the Pro, the Premium, and the LE are not my cup of tea with the mini playfield blocking a lot of the shots. But I think that there's a couple of different strategies if the Game of Thrones is playing in such a way that you can actually do anything. That's the the balance to strike is make it hard, but don't make it brutal. Totally. Yeah, I, I played Game of Thrones at the uh, the Texas Pinball Festival when I qualified for the finals. And I, I feel confident to put up half a billion on that game. I think I put up maybe 30 million because I'm an idiot. I, I couldn't <laughs> I, I couldn't make any of my shots. I was like overconfident. I'm like, check this out. Flip, drain. Oh, what the crap? Mm-hmm. Lack of ball save is something that if you're a location player, you you don't even think about dealing with. You can make a couple of stupid shots if you're playing on location because you have that blanket of safety. But yeah. when you're in in a tournament, they're they're not going to have a ball save for you. Yeah, totally. Tilt's going to be tight. No ball save. Rubber's off. Uh, outlane's huge. Mm-hmm. It's the absolute worst feeling too to play a ten second ball and then know that you're just going to be sitting and waiting for three up. <laughs> play a much better turn than yours before you can get to flip again yep so uh i i guess on that front yeah is there uh is there any sort of like little uh little quips we could know like if you're pretty tight on score against someone else like it you know what what's something you could like try to bang out really quick to try to get a crap load of points on that game because like i when i was in the heat of it i my brain just stopped and i couldn't think of what to shoot yeah, and there's so many different routes that you could go that having just a strategy in mind is really important going into it. Um, I think that if you're confident getting to multiball, you want to make sure that you've got some good modes to stack with your Blackwater multiball. Um, in my experience, Lannister is a good one to be having... I can't figure out how to make the sentence work. Oh, my God. Lannister is a good one to have running while multiball is also running. And those are um, the, the gold the gold coin touch target. Yeah, yeah, those are the gold coin ones. So then it's it's kind of like Thunderstruck in ACDC where you know you're going to hit those stand-ups accidentally <laughs> and then light some shots that you actually want to hit. Oh, yeah. Pro accident skills. <laughs> I'm really good at accidentally <laughs> getting balls to collide in midair. Yeah, that's why I and like Thunderstruck. Ball- yeah, and you got the ball save finally. That's the one time in the game you actually do have a ball save. That's a good point. Oh, really? Yeah, so yeah. you can you oh, can yeah, flail around a little bit, just picking off some targets before getting serious. Totally. Now, if you if you think you're like the you're going to go the multi ball route really quick, uh, is it Martell that you want to like bring in the add a ball? Martell is the house that does, that gives you the add a ball. I think this is something where I am as a location player a bit at a disadvantage because I never go for Martell when I'm playing the game as it stands, because that's not something that's helpful for me. If I'm going for like iron throne or if I'm going for hand of the King, I I don't want to bring Martell into hand of the King with me. But I think in a tournament setting, if you're not expecting everyone to get to hand of the King, why not have that, um, that ball save under your belt, maybe doing Martell and Lannister for your two houses that you have running during that multi-ball. Totally. You brought up something really important there about uh, the, a huge difference, in, and Game of Thrones anyway, between arcade play versus competitive play. Uh, that if if you're going for like a high score, I think that Greyjoy is the way to go mm-hmm. because Greyjoy allows you to earn all of the other uh, bonuses. So you can get the edible, you can get the ball, everything really. Uh, but it also makes the modes a lot harder, and you can only play one mode at a time. And when I saw in watching the Vegas Vegas work, players who went for Greyjoy generally didn't do very well because they weren't making enough progress in the game at the higher difficulty. Oh, to make it work, yeah. Huh. But in arcade, in an arcade, that's no big deal. Like, you just have a bad game, and you go, "All right, coin up, let's go again." <laughs> yep. <laughs> Re up, ready to go. Yeah. So the uh, the. The, the lineup for A Division at Papa this year, folks, uh, just so you know, is uh, like Game of Thrones, as we're talking about now. But we got Bram Stoker's Dracula, Tommy, Whirlwind, Williams, Indiana Jones, Dirty Harry, 8-Ball Deluxe, Circus Voltaire, Avengers, and Party Zone. And I know a lot of those games, and I know that I can get my butt whooped on a lot of these games. <laughs> well, and A Division is just right for you. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> what have I done? 
I just is uh, that what you choose to compete in, Jack? Is a division, or is there? Do you have no choice? Uh, you know what? Every year I go to Papa, I play one division above where I should be, and um, it always fails me. And I might as well just keep that train rolling. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I'm ready. I mean, the really at the end of the day, you know, you could luck out and put up some monster big scores, but you are playing the guys that are uh I'm still convinced half human, half robot. Um but you know what? You yeah, you can have a good game. Who knows? Uh or you can get your butt kicked and see. You know, it really it's all up in the air. I think it's tough for people who haven't gone to many of the larger tournaments before to figure out where they really fall in the among the divisions. Oh, um, totally. Like I said, never played in a Papa. I played in one Pinberg and qualified in A, and I was kind of like, wait, I was going for C <laughs> yeah, here. Right, right, right. Where, where did I, how did I get over to this other place? So as two people who have played in a lot more of these than I have, how do you figure out where you want to start in your first attempt? Oh, woof. I, uh... When I went to my first Papa, I was already pretty good friends with the Sharp brothers, and I just latched onto them like a lost kid. I was like, what do I do? Where do I go? And whenever Zach told me to do something, for some stupid reason, I did the exact opposite, and I've never won <laughs> anything <laughs> ever. Uh, the closest I came was like C Division and Papa, and Escher Lefkoff was the reason I did not make it all the way through the finals. Thanks, Escher. When kids kick your butt, man. Um, but I, I think it's uh, just look at the look at the scores. Because um, if you show up late, you don't have to pick a division right away, I don't think, at Papa. Um, and you can also move up, if I'm not mistaken, a division. You can't move down a division. So start low. Okay. If you're feeling like, you know, I'm like slaying this, you're like, eh, you want more of a challenge, move up. You don't want to be called a sandbagger. I think, uh, like, Robert Gagnon has a really interesting story about his first Papa, uh, where he came and he, he'd been competing for maybe less than a year at that point, and he chose B Division. Uh, and maybe about Saturday, 5 o'clock in the afternoon, he changed his mind. He's like, you know, it's not working here. I'm not qualified in B Division. I'm going for A. And he moved up and then qualified in A in the last few hours. Holy crap. So one thing about the Papa qualifying is it's just that one run, one run of five games. And every so often someone catches lightning and makes that run. It also can be very frustrating because if you can't put together four or five solid games as a, as a group, you're not going to make it. Even if you're the type of player who can eventually put up a, a big score, getting those scores together on the same ticket is much more difficult. Oh, yeah. And really, like, you don't even have to blow up all the games. If you just do moderate on all five machines, you're good. Like, uh, like just middle, just above middle of the road on all the machines has seemed to... I've seen a lot of people qualify with those tickets. You just so can't it seems hmm? like consistency is rewarded oh, yeah. and That's knowing 100%. the game. So maybe, does it make sense to look at the divisions and say, okay, I feel most comfortable with game, with more games in this division. Maybe that's where I'll do best because I can put up a consistent score most of the time on a game that I know better. Totally. That's where I, that's why I, I, I keep making the mistake of going one division higher is because I'll look at a bank and I'm like, cool, I'm supposed to be in C. And I'll look over at B and I'm like, I have like three-fourths of those freaking games over there. I'm like, Psh, I got this. Go over there and just get whomped on. But it's really <laughs> like what, you, what you're comfortable with, you know, because I will eventually put up like some like four or five really great games because I do know the rules better than some of the guys that are playing in there. Um, I think the lineup makes a huge, uh, a huge, comes into a huge factor as far as making your decision. But some people don't have an option. Uh, it, like if you played really well and the next year you're like stuck in B or you're locked into A, you know, you're just, you have to play whatever's given to you. I know, right? <laughs> Bowen, <laughs> get out of here. Oh, uh, one other, one other factor that I think people often don't think about is because it's that five game ticket games that are relatively randomizers, uh, they can screw you over without you. I mean, you could be the greatest player in the world, and then you step up on Drac or Party Zone, and the game just hands you your butt for three balls, and you better go back to the beginning of the line and start that entire ticket the all entire over ticket. again. Yeah, that is the worst feeling, man. But because you don't have to play, pick and play every game, 
you can just slough that. Like, I know I'm never going to play Party Zone at Papa this year. <laughs> I don't care. Unless, if, if you see me playing Party Zone, something's going really wrong. That means <laughs> you're, you're, you're sniping people to push your scores down. I know how people work. <laughs> Oh man! So Zoe, uh, in Vegas, what um, what games do you feel you you did the best on out there? Um, I think it was pretty obvious to people who were following along that I was taking my opponents to solid state and EM games for the most part. That is where I um, play my best pinball, and that's also where I know people who don't have access to the same amount of um, diverse machines that we have out here in Portland might be at a disadvantage. So things like Volley or Kiss or Evil Knievel, those are games that I can go out and play this afternoon after I'm done with work. But if someone hasn't put in the time to, to know the rule sets and know how to light spinners or light drop targets, those are games where game knowledge is is really key. Totally. I watched a, a match where Zoe was playing on volley and just she she had really great sense of what types of nudges she could get away with. Um, how, that how do you that is that something that I like, where it's like tilt ends game. That is why I liked the uh, the 30 seconds of practicing beforehand. That's something that I had to adjust to in my first couple of matches. I forgot that we were allowed that 30 seconds of practice, oh. but I think you really, if it's a game that you've never played before, if it's the, the machine you've never played before, not the game set or rule set, but the machine itself, you want to feel it out. Um, as someone who plays on location, I'm used to looser tilts. I'm someone who, <laughs> uh, you know, bangs around on machines and I don't want that to end my game. So I think getting a sense of it and being probably more conservative with how long I wait. You know, I, I, I'm going to wait at least a minute if someone tilts in front of me. I'm not going to allow my tournament life to hang on making a stupid decision about a tilt bob. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, the machine doesn't get to decide when I lose. I get to decide when <laughs> <laughs> So uh, for, for you folks that don't know, Zoe is actually part of the Crazy Flipper Fringers crew out there in uh, Portland, Oregon. Uh, CFF. CFF represent. Um, lots of lots of great kids in that group. I got to meet a handful of them when I was out there. Uh, and I believe when you join that group, you lose your name, and your name is replaced with a part of a pinball machine. And uh, Zoe's name, I believe, is Legs. That is correct. And uh, is there any uh, history behind that name? Yeah. So as as Jack is describing when you get into CFF, you lose the initials that you put up on a machine. So I'm no longer ZOE, I'm CFF. I'm part of the collective, as it were. Um, but each member within CFF has a name that's a part of a pinball machine that also describes something about them, whether it's um, something that they do for work. We've got Video Mode, who's a you know director, assistant director Ooh. for video stuff. Um, and we've got sound card who knows how to operate sound boards and things like that. Or it's something about who you are. So we've got DDT, Danger, Danger, Tilt. You can imagine mm. the type of personality <laughs> that you have if you get that name. Yeah, no um, and then you have someone like me, Legs. I kick when I play. I'm a young woman in a group mostly of rocker dudes and i'm a very hardcore feminist so they knew it would kind of piss me off and the fact that they knew that much about me meant that i was ha more than happy to to take the nickname that's awesome that is awesome I i'll say uh when dead flip originally formed uh back in the day we we definitely adopted the whole uh you lose your initials and you just need to spread around the whole dead flip initials when you put up a high score on a machine and you know what it uh it's it's really it's almost heartwarming when you go around to different places and you just see DFs everywhere that you didn't put up, but you know, mm -hmm. like that was still, those were your boys. Those were your, those were your, uh, your pals, your compadres that are just spreading the love. Absolutely. And we have some guys who no longer live in the Portland area. So we've got a chapter in new Orleans. We've got a chapter in LA. Um, and just, we have some guys who tour with bands. So across the country you'll run into cff initials and you have to think all right who was the last person who was in missouri from cff what did they when did they do this that's awesome oh man jealous i'm sad all the df guys moved away you bunch of nerds if you're listening to this man i'm gonna get rich and buy us all one giant house to live in sometime i want to go to there let's go let's do it zoe you're invited okay. yay you need like, you need like 50 pinball machines for that house oh man listen yeah. 
I'm trying to start a co-op here with the space I already have, and I planned it all out. We could fit 50 machines in here, but that means shutting down the animation part of things and trying to figure out how to make money. <laughs> 50 cent play. Ooh, coin drop. <laughs> coin drop. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, is there, uh, are there any other games on that? Uh, do you have that list in front of you, Bowen, of the Papa 19 games? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll t- the, like one that I'm really excited to play is Tommy. Um, and for whatever reason, I just seem to do well on it every time. I think it's because it's a multi-ball heavy game and that's where a lot of the points are. Uh, so I, I, for some reason seem to do better in multi-balls than in regular play. And uh, Tommy tends to hand people their ass a lot. Um, the left outlane on Tommy is a, a monster. Um, but uh, I would pick that. In fact, I would pick that as my final game of a set. Tommy, I, I've never once played that game ever. So, uh, Tommy, the, the rules are by um, Lyman Sheets and Kevin Martin. Ooh. Uh, which is kind of amazing that that uh, was right around the time that Lyman first joined Data East and Kevin was still there. Uh, so it's got a lot of uh, smart stuff going on. It feels a little bit like Adam's Family and Twilight Zone and then it has modes and mode start holes. Uh, but it's, it's just clever. Good multi-ball, great, uh, great depth in, the, in not the storyline, but, you know, some modes are all different from one another. They don't feel... Boring. Right on. And that is, uh, it's a pinball machine based on the musical for Tommy. Right. And it's uh, a big yellow cabinet with a giant pinball on top of the back box. Yeah, and it's a, it's like a mirror ball. It's a mirror ball. So, so when you look up at it, there's actually text backwards on the top of the cabinet that you can only see if you're looking through the mirror ball. Oh, that's crazy. And it, it has arrows pointing at the player that says "official Tommy Pinball Wizard." Hmm. What? I had no idea. It's pretty awesome. Holy crap! <laughs> some, um, some Tommies don't have that ball anymore, and so you never see it. But it's it's there. It's like br- uh, above, you know, the t- the top of the cabinet where they never have anything but black paint. Huh. Uh, that's pretty sweet. That's bonkers. Zoe, do you have that uh, list that I just sent you guys? Yes, I had it before you even sent it to me, oh, but I appreciate shucks. the link. Come on. <laughs> You're doing great. Look at you being all prepared. I actually just pulled this up. Um, is there anything on that list of A-Division games, Zoe, that you think you have a little insight on? That is a good question. There's ones that I absolutely don't. Like, <laughs> yeah. I would I, I would never play Avengers in that lineup. That is something that is has always eluded me as far as how to play it or how to even enjoy right. attempting to play it. There's also New Avengers Code, which mm-hmm. I have not even touched ever. I uh, tried it. I still hated it. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't like the setup. For some reason, I just feel like I'm terrible at pinball when I play Avengers. Oh, no, that sucks. Maybe Bowen can tell us if he knows anything got, about it. I, I definitely have had some frustrations in playing Avengers. Uh, the, the new code makes you get, like, the, what you used to be able to do is just shoot the, the Hawkeye over and over again and get locks. Now, to get locks, you have to hit both sets of both sets of lanes. So people concentrate a lot more now on the Black Widow ramp in order to get the other lanes. And it's kind of nice. It's it's uh, It mixes up the game a little bit. Hmm. But I still feel like the center of the play field is all danger. Like, you, you don't want to hit the Hulk targets. You don't want to hit that spinning, uh, all-spark-looking cosmic ball cube thing. Oh, the genie lamp? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and even though that whole area has some really nice action and it has good, cool angles that are unusual for other games... Uh, I don't feel like I want to shoot the center of the game at all. Right. Uh, yeah, and so even the, the Black Widow ramp is, I, uh, in my experience, it's so difficult to hit, either because there are rubbers on the posts on either side or just yep. because it's not the uh, typical placement for a ramp on a play field. Yeah, it's tight and steep also, but it's also really short. So, it, uh, yeah, it just feeds really strange into it. But when you get yeah, that but... game, when you get that game rocking, man, I, I feel like I, I don't know what I'm doing on that game until... Uh, someone showed me to just shoot Hawkeye over and over again. And when I found that shot, like that game just opens wide up for you. 
Yeah, if you can get into one of the neat things it has is it has all these mini multi balls that if you complete any character enough times, you get to a, a battle multi ball for that character. Like for for Hawkeye, it's Hawkeye versus Black Widow. I think. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's there's Black Widow versus Hulk. There's Captain America versus Iron Man. It's pretty faithful to the theme of the the, the movies, also, which is kind of nice. Right on. Um, but to get to those things, it's very deep. Like you have to hit Hawkeye like fifteen friggin' times. You've got to spell out the entire word Hawkeye. Black Widow is even worse. It's like <laughs> you can't the longest name. <laughs> <laughs> You just have to spell widow, maybe. No, no, you've got to spell the entire thing. <laughs> cool. Um, and and then there are rewards, but it it kind of reminds me a little bit of Monster Bash, um, in that each shot controls its own thing. Except imagine Monster Bash, where you had to hit fourteen bride ramps to start the bride ramp. That's what this game is, and so that's why when you said you concentrate on Hawkeye. That's effective because you can keep shooting the same shot over and over again. It'll finally pay out for you after like the fifteenth shot. Totally. Well, here here's a here's a cool way to approach this, uh, Zoe. If you walked up to Circus Voltaire right now against Bowen, uh, what what are, what are you doing on that game? Bringing a beer with me so <laughs> yeah, that right. I can uh, hang out for a while while I watch him play. No kidding. Um, I, I think on on Circus Voltaire in a tournament this is this is so not where i approach rule sets from because i'm very much like i said a location player i don't play in a lot of the big tournaments i i more focus on learning complete rule sets so i think on something like circus voltaire if i could um build towards the different multi-balls you've got the the ringmaster you've got the high wire um and then also those orbital shots to um, complete those other marvels. In general, for Circus Voltaire, I kind of think about completing each square within, you know, that diamond, such oh. as it is, where the different letters of circus are there. And if you complete a certain amount of, they're not miracles, right? Miracles is theater of magic. Uh, what are these things called? Uh, Ringmaster Miracles. Ringmaster, they, oh. Ringmaster Marvels. Marvels, there we go. Yeah, so if you're completing these marvels, then you're moving towards the wizard mode and also getting good points along the way. I think figuring out which of the shots are most makeable and repeatable will allow you to complete the the marvels that will help you get to where you want to go. Word. Because I'll tell you, I definitely do not know how to play that game. And I'm glad uh, I just got an explanation from you. Because I, I, I learn in two different directions here. Like, I, I take a lot of instruction from Bowen and uh, watching his videos. And when he's like, just shoot this Batmobile shot, you know, a billion times. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. And then I try to do it and I shoot it once. And I'm like, okay, I can't do this. Uh, it, it's fun to bounce back and forth so that you know what's possible and then what other people like to do that's sort of maybe sitting in the same skill set as you. That's why I kind of like this format because we can talk to, you know, people. I, I I don't want to say Bowen's better than anybody or it's always better than anybody, but uh, you definitely both have two different play styles, as do I. Uh, but yeah, like Bowen, if you had to like quickly blow up Circus Voltaire, what, what would your approach be? Um, okay, if you judge by my play in Papa Finals on Circus Voltaire, <laughs> what I do is I shit the bed and uh, get eliminated on it. Ouch. Uh, that's what happened last year, and that's what happened uh, at, uh, yeah, it's... It hasn't treated me so nicely, but I will say that my my strategy for a competitive match of Circus Voltaire is to make sure I get to the juggler multiple, um, because the juggler round is worth a lot. The jackpots are pretty good, um, and more importantly, is that when you when you are in juggler and you shoot a jackpot, the ball gets stuck and it sits in the hole waiting for you to make the other one. So it's actually an easier multi ball to play than any of the others. And that's that's something that I think is... is act, that happens on a lot of machines where there's a multi-ball where you'll get a, a held ball and then you're able to make a jackpot with the other ball. Oh, Even yeah. Dracula has that. And those are things that I look for because they tend to be easier to complete. Uh, so if I have to choose between the, the Ringmaster multi-ball or the Strike and Arc or the Juggler, I'm picking Juggler because it will be of bigger value when you get it. Right on. 
And then if you're if you're getting close to juggler, you can then look around and start to work in the the things that Zoe mentioned, working in the other marvels, bringing the ringmaster up before you start multi ball, so you can finish it while it's up because you can't bring it up during multi ball. Um, but overall, mostly I just lose. <laughs> good, excellent. <laughs> good, good to know. Good to know. Oh man. Yeah. Well, uh, okay. So, uh, all right. Let's try another one of these, Zoe. What do you know about uh, What do you know about Dirty Harry? Dirty Harry. We have one on location in Portland. Oh yeah. That plays interestingly. I will say <laughs> has, um, has a flipper. It it has multiple flippers. Whether or not the upper flipper will take it where you want it to go up the ramp is debatable. Ooh. Um, I think that that is another one where I have a go for multi-ball strategy. I think that um, while you're going for multi-ball, one thing I've noticed that is decently easy to do is the in-lanes light. I believe it's ransom and shooting the orb, the, the right loop lights HQ, which starts modes. So getting those started, completing those modes, while also thinking about hitting every shot on the game at least once to light your multi-ball, and then concentrating on shooting ramps for for jackpots and super jackpots is how I would approach that game. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. How about you, Bowen? I I think Zoe's absolutely right on this. Um, So I don't really have too much to add to that. So Zoe, what what do you do with Ransom? Do you you have a, a series of shots you like to make to try and get that? Honestly, when I'm playing it in a um, local tournament, I'm just trying to chip away at points. So whenever it's lit, I'll just shoot for it. Um, I'm not exactly clear on what makes it bigger. So if you could enlighten me on that, that would be great. I I don't really know either. Um, <laughs> I know it vaguely, it vaguely works about the same as End of Line on Tron. Oh, where gotcha. if, you're making, if you're making a combo, some of the value some, some of the value of that combo will roll into the ransom. Um, it's not clear to me whether it resets, like if you miss it, it just goes away, or if you can still bank that same value later. Uh, I just know that sometimes it's worth a lot. Uh, and I've, I've seen uh, Keith Elwin making this sort of string of shots where he just picks off ransom after ransom. He goes ransom and then the, the warehouse shot. And then That's ransom and the warehouse shot. He kind of cycles those two shots over and over again. Hmm. But maybe that's once the ransom value is high enough, it becomes worthwhile to do that. Most of the time, I'm with you. I'm fine. I'm trying to hit those five, five bad shots, and uh, start the multi ball. It tends not because there's only there's only five shots, and there's always one of them lit, no matter what. Mm-hmm. So it's you're never that far away from the multi ball. Right on. And I think one thing that's cool with Dirty Harry is that. Um, cannon where you can choose to to shoot it if you can load the cannon it's similar to ACDC in that way um, and it makes you feel so cool if when you start multi-ball you're able to aim correctly and shoot the ball up that upper ramp oh, yeah, and get a jackpot off of the off of the shot on the cannon what, what is that your is my favorite what is your main target with that cannon I'm looking at it now and I there's like just stuff I, I again I asked about this game because I do not know how to play this game either um and that cannon looks like there is just fodder all over the place for you to hit with that thing. Well, when you start multi-ball and you have it in the cannon, I always go for that, aiming at that ramp for a jackpot. I think if you get it during the feeling lucky mystery where you can either take something or shoot for something quote-unquote better, yeah. which may mm-hmm. or may not actually be better, um, it's typically, I want to say it's the ransom hole, but I it, I could be wrong. It could be different things around the playing field. Is the yeah, ransom like hole that far like left saucer looking thing? Yeah. yeah. That's the mode start also. Okay, cool. Oh, I just found out some stuff about the ransom shot because I Facebook messaged Greg Dunlap. And oh, said, Greg. <laughs> how do you increase the ransom shot on Dirty Harry? And he says, pops and unlit ransom shots increase. Top lanes alternately add bonus X and multiply. And ransom is also multiplied if it ends a combo. Ooh. So, thanks, Greg Dunlap. <laughs> Yo, Greg Dunlap. My we man. should add... Ask him what he would do on Circus Voltaire. <laughs> yeah, hold on. Ask for his Skype name. We'll just pull him in. <laughs> You're invited to our podcast, Greg Dunlap. 
Yeah. Also, shout out to uh, Pinball Outreach Project. I'm wearing his shirt right now. Oh, pop. Mm-hmm. I will say uh, Pinball Outreach Project, uh, Nicole Reich's um, charity slash awesome place to play pinball if you're in Portland, um, gets a lot of credit for my ability to play older machines. And I felt really great being able to win the Women's World Championship on a machine that I play all the time at Pop headquarters when I'm in Portland, which their volley um, plays very similarly to the one in Vegas. Oh, nice. Yeah, I was just going to ask about uh, what kinds of locations there are to have have so many EMs in, in Portland. It's really unusual. Yeah, um, I think mostly pop and then also having a bunch of friends who are both tournament players and collectors is really great. And the reason I got into solid state games in the first place is playing in Noah Davis's basement, um, learning how to play his Frontier and his Flash Gordon, um, and then also having those passed around to different people within the Portland pinball community. Um, There's a lot of pinball flipping, but keeping it within the the family friend group yes the <laughs> yeah, family yeah. as it were so you you just know whose house do you need to go to to play viking right now or whose house do you need to go to play <laughs> um frontier or who's put their matahari on location for a little while so there's you go to a bar and you're like oh i thought there was a fishtails here but now it's a gorgar that's cool <laughs> cool okay that's awesome yeah yeah oh, there's man, only... screw that game screw gorgar <laughs> <laughs> but it speaks <laughs> Ah, good great. <laughs> it, it was a great novelty game. It, it literally came on location uh, maybe a day before I happened to go to that bar, and then we just put in so many quarters. <laughs> Hell yeah! It's got a snake. How bad could it be? It's got a snake. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, we've uh, okay. So, I mean, just a little aside here. We've talked about a whole bunch of stuff. Like, is there is there anything you think would be fun to talk about more or elaborate on or something that you think would make a great like you know if a tournament's coming up do we discuss the lineup of those games uh like what what are you thinking i do like that idea of talking about tournament banks that are announced in advance i think it's really interesting to get a couple of different perspectives from both you know seasoned veterans like bowen and newer players like you or i jack where we're just trying to figure out how do we fit in how do our strategies fit in um that Absolutely. would definitely be a cool thing going forward. I know there's one pet thing that I like to talk about on on podcasts, especially when I have just won the Women's World Championship, oh, which is <laughs> that I, I try and talk about just how to make pinball more inclusive generally. Um, it's a conversation that I'm having about, you know, increasing the number of women in pinball, also making sure that um, economic constraints aren't keeping people out of pinball so right. getting that conversation going is always when i get a chance to talk to other pinball players i love hearing their perspectives yeah well i'm i'm more than happy to discuss that for sure yeah i would love to talk about that i, I have i don't have any good ideas compared to anybody else on this but uh like i i would be eager to hear what your experiences are with that if people listen to this they'll they'll i think they'll realize they may recognize this is an issue and and that that uh it's it's not something that maybe comes to the forefront for for everyone, especially those who may have may have privilege around it, mm-hmm. uh, to recognize that this is something where there isn't equal access and there isn't equal perception, uh, and and what ways I or anyone else can to to try and help equalize that in the way it ought to be. Yeah, I think one thing that's tough is that there is no silver bullet. There is no magic way of doing it right. Um, When the women's rankings came out and the women's championship was announced, I honestly was kind of anti. I was like, why do I need this? I've been competing with mostly men for however many years I've been playing competitive pinball. But then seeing how the women who I play with, especially newer women who have been getting into the hobby, how well they responded, how excited they were to find out where they were ranked among the less than 2,000 women in the IFPA rankings. Um made me realize that if this is really exciting to the group of people it's meant to serve, we should keep doing it. And that's a huge reason why I decided to go to the women's championship in Vegas. I was like, in order to lend my own legitimacy, such as it is to the, you know, a pretty well-ranked player, 
playing in the women's championship, maybe that will help them continue to do it and make them see that there is interest and that it is a good idea. Yeah, totally. I think any, honestly, anything and everything to make sure people are comfortable and like feeling okay that they can compete and play without any problems is huge. I mean, I, I, yeah, I, we're, there's like a ladies leagues popping up here in Chicago, which are fantastic. And I'm trying to sort of help them maybe get their own show on Twitch because that is something else that's been like just all dudes streaming pinball right now. And I think that's Mm kind of stupid. Um, There is a a young lady, she's uh, 13 and her dad contacted me. Uh, Her name's undead unicorn on Twitch. And uh, she, she's like a, a fan of my show and she has her own Twitch show. Now you have to be 13 to stream. And uh, I immediately started like, hosting her throwing throwing everyone throwing everything i could at it and like she she was killing it she was like explaining stuff on creature that i didn't know you know everyone in chat just like this is freaking incredible and uh uh brought it up to uh eka schneider and she's like oh my god i love her so much and i think <laughs> i think they're i think Eka's i watched, also trying I watched to, like, her the other day oh you watched, I watched her, the other, her day? the other day and she has a, a really great attitude towards playing she she's happy she's talking with chat and uh, she's putting up really good scores. Uh, she she put up a four or five billion on the attack for Mars, and as you know, like while interacting with the chat room, that's pretty freaking hard to t- to pull off. Absolutely, she's killing it. So uh, you know, I I don't want to say she's the first, but she's the first that I know of. So kudos to her, and I hope she just slays it. <laughs> That's rad. That is awesome. I saw you post about her on Facebook. I'm not super hooked into the Twitch community, but (laughs) I apparently that's where the young folks hang out. So yeah, unfortunately, (laughs) everyone's just down there to like put butts all over the internet and yell at each other. But it's a good time. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I think that 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 is your fault, sir. Yeah, I invented something for pinball. (laughs) Oh, this is terrible. This yeah, this thing I invented is. is... (laughs) Dang it. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree. I, I remember, uh, I'll say myself when, when I first heard about women's leagues, I was like, why the hell do they need women's leagues? That that's ridiculous. You know, to, I felt like they were like, uh, segregating themselves from the whole thing. But really when you talk to people and you, you see all this stuff coming out and like the interviews and stuff, you, uh, I really learned that like, this is a more, I again, you're right. This is like hard to really. There's no silver bullet here. Um, it just makes it, I guess, inclusive is the right word. I don't want to like talk in circles here, um, but I I know for myself when I go to certain tournaments where I'm going to a place that I've never been before, there are dudes there that are just mean mugging you, and you're like, I don't feel comfortable even playing this dude because he looks like he's going to punch me in the face if I like beat him. And then you got dudes like coughing, dropping games and stuff and screaming. You're like, okay, this is a this is a game, dude. Thanks for being cool. And I can only imagine uh, from a woman's perspective being around that just – it's terrifying. <laughs> right. I think it's also that um... – competitive tournaments don't necessarily leave a safe space for learning more. I think that um, there are a lot of dudes who show up having already learned how to play a little bit of pinball, having, having learned some stuff. And then because there are fewer women overall who play pinball, the ones who haven't played it as much or haven't taught themselves all that much want a place where they can actually learn. So we do a lot of tutorials in Bells and Chimes PDX. We we start with a skill building exercise, whether oh, it's yeah. post-passing or whether it's um, going over a specific game's rule set, just talking about how to approach a machine that you've never played before, um, expanding someone's mind to how to conceive of a pinball game. And then I see many of these women who who I've never seen before. I'm pretty plugged into the Portland pinball scene, and I'd say two thirds of the women who showed up to our first bells and chimes meeting I'd never seen before. Oh whoa! And that's I have huge. no idea. I have no idea how they found us. I'm assuming that the very large posters with pictures of Furiosa from Mad Max on them <laughs> uh, were a big draw. <laughs> But it's literally, we had like 25 ladies show up to our very first meeting, two thirds of whom I'd never seen before. And so they're out there and they're either not hearing about the events that we're throwing that are co-ed or not interested in that type of competitive play. They're more interested in the community building or the learning more or the just getting comfortable and then as a group venturing out into a more, um, a world where it's a little more clicky. Yeah, definitely. Like learning how to play pinball while your only access to pinball is like through competition is impossible. 
because mm-hmm. like you it you know if a dude's playing and he hits a bunch of shots and you're like let's say you're playing him you're like oh dude that was awesome like what were you hitting and he'd be like Pfft. like I'm why gonna tell, tell you? you yeah why the hell would <laughs> I tell you I'm competing against you but like that's you know I when when I compete anywhere especially in like local tournaments here in Chicago if I'm playing somebody that I just get the vibe, doesn't know how to play. I'll be like, hey, you know, I'll offer you this opportunity for some knowledge. I'm not going to, like, push it down your throat. But if you really want to know, I'll tell you what I was shooting for while I'm playing you. Not to, like, gloat or anything, but it's just I want you to know what I know so that it's an equal playing field. If mm-hmm. I know that I can, like, reach under the plunger on World Cup soccer and light an extra jackpot, I want to make sure you know that exact same thing so that I'm not, like, cheating you or something. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think that, you know, we do that a lot in Portland. I would, in fact, say it would be weird if someone didn't tell you how to play a game just because they were playing against you. That's great. But I think that, which is, yeah, very awesome. But I think also just the demoralizing feeling of going 0-2 in a double elimination tournament. You're like, I showed up, I paid $5, I played two games of pinball and lost, and <laughs> yeah. now I'm going home. Oh, it's the worst. That's well, so boring. Yeah. I don't want, I do every- that on a regular basis. <laughs> And everyone else is happy to see me go because it meant that they won and got to keep exactly. playing. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so having formats that allow people to play more games, even if, you know, I've seen discussions on Tilt forums, for example, about whether or not unlimited qualifying is a good format. I think that formats that allow people to play more games, not necessarily let mediocre players kind of game their way into the finals, but anything right. that's allowing people to play more competitive pinball and make more friends, learn more games. Um, that's something that I'm for. So match yeah. play is a great development. Oh, and God, and particularly, particularly match play where there isn't an elimination on the line seems to drive much more cooperation. Hell yeah. So uh, in a league or in say the early rounds of Pinburg where nobody is like, Oh my God, I need 12 this round or I'll be out. Uh, people are, seem to be much more friendly and willing to take to talk to each other about rules and uh in our league in new england we've we've grown from maybe 25 people to almost 200 players now and uh it seems like everybody is learning and getting better over the course of of the entire season so much of that is just just hang out and talking and getting that getting that time in to find out what what to do watching each other. I, I think that that's better to me than having a whole bunch of elimination events. So what, what would you do? Maybe you'd have like a, a special event only for O and two players. I don't might be stigmatized though. Well, we do that. We do that here in Chicago where we'll have, and unfortunately it's called the, the losers bracket, but um, uh, yeah, everyone in the main, tournament will keep playing and then we have a side tournament that will wait for like a handful of games and then pull everyone together that's kicked out and then they pay or they play for uh you know to to win first place on that and all you're winning for that is uh, i think first place of the losers bracket gets a cut of the pool from the main um Mm -hmm. but then you know the money from the main tournament goes to like the top three or four players uh just so that even though you're kicked out you still get to play uh, and then you you're still trying to play to like at least maybe win your money back from getting in the tournament. We're spoiled in Portland because the locations that we have tournaments at, you can go like two doors down and there's another good location to play <laughs> pinball. So a lot of the time, all the losers just go across the street. Like, and play screw this, I'm going to there. Jerry's tournament. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So it's not necessarily starting another tournament, but it's allowing people to continue to hang out, continue to learn more about pinball, because it, especially in Portland, it's such a community feel. Um, Tuesday nights are the night that everyone goes out and plays pinball. So even if you're out by eight, you're like, well, where's everyone going after this? So that I can keep the party going. Um, I think also if you're able to get sponsorships, giving some of the um, sponsored swag to people who go out earlier. Um, We do some beer sponsorships and everyone gets a koozie or everyone gets a pint glass or um, once someone baked cookies and people who were the (laughs) the first four people out got cookies. So things like that. First choice to cook. That's great. Well, is, is your son good at pinball Bowen? Um, he's, uh, he's pretty good. He's, he's no, he's not going to be an Escher ever, I think, mm-hmm. unless, uh, he picks it up when he's, uh, a teen. Yeah. Uh, he enjoys it. He, we've got a Simpsons and a World Cup soccer at home and he plays well. His favorite game is Dragon, so I've done my job. <laughs> wow. 
That's he also good. loves ACDC and Metallica. So when he when he sees Metallica on the uh, on a broadcast, he's excited about hitting Sparky and uh, drying him up. Nice. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I think I'm gonna like steer my kid clear of pinball, so it's gonna want to play pinball. I don't know if that's how it works, but we'll figure it out. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Noah Davis's kid has been inundated with pinball, and he still wants to play it. Oh, so. that's great! That's great. Yeah, he is—he is insane. He's like five and can play Dracula better than I can. So, if you want to talk about Graham Stoker's Dracula, <laughs> let's on get the that kid podcast, on here. Cooper Flash Davis should be our special guest. <laughs> we have Cooper well, Flash Davis on the line. I can get Aaron in here now if you want to ask him these questions. <laughs> <laughs> maybe another, maybe another episode. That would be that would be pretty sweet. Heck yeah. have, uh, actually, that might be cool if you if you were to if you were breaking up an episode into chunks, which I don't I don't think is a, a, that great an idea anyway. But you could do like five minutes of kid time. <laughs> I don't I don't mind these long format rambles. I I think this is just fine. Uh, so. Long long format rambles are fun and easy, and and you really you really see like who people are instead of it all being edited together, like edited, and it's and you can just throw it up on the web immediately. Yeah, baby. Well, let's see. Um, I, I also thought that uh, the, the two champs and a chump would <laughs> be an okay title for this. That that's that's interesting. Who's the chump? <laughs> oh man, uh, I kind of love it. We know the end. Two champs and a chump. <laughs> we'll take it. We'll take it. Two champs and a chump. I'm into it. Uh, all right, internet. Pinheads, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, this is Jack Danger signing out. I'm going to go next. This is Zoe Vrabel. I am also not going to be talking on the internet after you're saying this. I'm Bowen Karens, and nor will I, but I will point at the camera as though I were Jack Danger while saying this. <laughs> Put up them flippers and, and, what is it, cigarettes? Flippers and butts. Okay. Cigarettes are bad for you. <laughs> All right, internet, thank you so much, and uh, tune in. For the next episode when probably have more.